Are you a small business owner or someone who has a real interest in building your own brand? Then deep dive into the UP Consulting Group's Business Building Bootcamp, the annual convention and training camp for entrepreneurial spirits. Join us this March 5 and 6 to discover how you can unlock your business potential. This program is brought to you by ParcelBear. ParcelBear is the first eco-friendly courier service in the metro. They use craft paper and corn mailers for their packages and deliver the next day. But they are more than just a courier service. ParcelBear envisions their service to be the most friendly and trustworthy in the industry. For more information, visit www.weparcelbear.com. Based on the Youngblood column of the Philippine Daily Inquirer, this is the Youngblood Podcast. Stories written by the Filipino youth that inform, empower, and inspire. I'm your host, Leah Angela Shoko. Juggling work and school is a challenge in itself, and with the ongoing pandemic, it has only become harder. Kevin writes about the hardest moments of his experience as a working student in the time of COVID and is a perfect example of what it means to be resilient amid tough times in his essay, Three Letters After My Name. A few months ago, my life as a graduate student at De La Salle University, Manila, and a full-time employee at the Creative Hub slash co-working space in Makati was going well. Juggling both work and school was not easy and commuting from Bulacan to Makati or Taft was exhausting. But when I set my mind on something, I do not stop until I achieve it. Everything changed when COVID-19 happened. Suddenly, I had to cope with the unprecedented levels of uncertainty, not to mention the roller coaster of emotions. Because of the global pandemic, majority of the workforce adapted to the work-from-home setup. In the first weeks of quarantine, I was working remotely, but before March ended, my company put us in a no-work-no-pay scheme. I was shocked and clueless. The first thing that came to my mind was, how am I supposed to pay for my tuition? As a working graduate student, this job funds my graduate career. Unsure of what was ahead of me, I used my savings from the bank and enrolled for thesis writing. I was determined to finish my master's degree. A month later, my boss messaged me. I am looking at bringing you back remotely. I was happy because I could finally do some work again. But at the same time, I was already so stressed with my thesis. I couldn't count how many times I had said, Ayoko na. I had to find a balance under immense pressure. Just when you think, things couldn't get any worse. Two weeks before my final thesis defense, I got a call from my company. I have good and bad news for you. Which one would you like to hear first? Our business head asked. Of course, I wanted to hear the bad news first, followed by the good news, thinking I would feel better if the bad news was already added away. The bad news was that the company was terminating my employment. The good news was that they would provide me with separation pay and prorated 13-month pay. I felt sad because I enjoyed what I was doing there, 
and my colleagues were some of the most hardworking human beings I had ever met. But at the same time, I knew that the company tried its best to keep the business alive. It's just that they weren't able to bounce back as quickly as they had hoped. Despite the news I received, I pushed through my thesis writing and started preparing for the defense. I read my paper over and over again, bearing in mind that I couldn't afford to enroll for another term because I didn't have a full-time job. The night before the defense day, I couldn't see because I kept on thinking, did I do enough? What if I fail? It was the longest night of my life. I got out of bed at 5 in the morning. I had cookies and donuts for breakfast so I could have that sugar rush. I took a shower and wore my lucky colorful long sleeve polo. At 8 a.m., I opened the video conference room and waited for the panelists to arrive. I gave them a big smile, but deep inside, I was nervous. The presentation took 30 minutes and the Q&A was 30 minutes as well. I tried to enjoy the moment and told myself that I did my best. The panelists asked me to leave the conference room so they could deliberate and decide whether I passed or I failed. After 15 minutes, I rejoined the conference. We are happy with the research that you've done. Congratulations, you passed. The panelists announced. I said my thanks and told them that I was grateful. As soon as I ended the call, I screamed so loud that our neighbors probably thought something was going on in our house. I waited for my mother to come home from her dialysis treatment so I could tell her that I passed my defense. Hearing her say, I'm proud of you, Anak, was probably the cherry on top of this experience. I have no idea how I was able to survive under a no-work-no-pay scheme, then brought back to work only to be terminated while writing a thesis for my master's degree. It was physically and emotionally draining, but I can now proudly add the three letters after my name. Kevin's essay was published last January 12, 2021. In our conversation, we talk about the lessons he learned at graduate school, how he managed to succeed despite the hurdles, and his advice for listeners who may be considering to juggle work and school. First off, welcome to the Youngblood Podcast, Kevin. How are you? Thank you so much, Leah. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. How about you? How are you feeling today? The honor is mine. I'm so happy to be able to have this conversation with a great person, an overall superhero. Speaking of superhero, because he got over a lot of hurdles while working and being a student in the middle of a pandemic. You know, it's a great transition to my icebreaker question. What is your actual superpower? I think I'm the type of person who is very realistic and objective. So if my friends are making decisions based on their emotions rather than being logical, I usually bombard them with questions on why are they doing a certain thing until they realize that they need to think twice before doing it. I'm that 
friend who would give an advice that isn't clouded by emotional biases. So I think that's my superpower. Actually, it's interesting because that's what you said is your superpower. But on your essay, you said something like, if I set my mind to something, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it no matter how hard it is. And yet here... And your superpower, you say you're the realistic one, you're the grounded one. So yeah. it's an interesting mm-hmm. contradiction. Now, let's get into your essay, which is an inspiring narration of how important it is to be resilient. So I want to know why you wrote it. So what's your young blood story? Um, Basically, the title of the essay is Three Letters After My Name. Well, if some of you guys are not familiar, those are actually the post-nominal letters at the end of your name when you earn a master's degree. In my case, it's MMC, which stands stands for Master of Marketing Communications. So it revolves around my experience about losing my job and then getting my job back and then losing it again while doing my thesis for my master's degree. So imagine the physical and emotional stress that I was feeling at that moment. It was indeed a roller coaster ride, but I was able to get past that. And then I actually thought that my essay wouldn't be published at all because I submitted that around October 2020 and it only got published last January 12th of 2021. One. Weirdly enough, I just randomly searched for my name on Google and I was so surprised when I saw my essay was in fact published on Youngblood because Inquirer didn't really send any emails telling me that, oh, your essay got published. It's also good timing because it was published four days before my graduation rights. I wrote this essay because I want this to serve as an inspiration to people who are planning to take up graduate studies or struggling to stay in grad school, especially if the odds are against them. Some people that read my essay told me that they were moved and inspired to get a master's degree. So I hope that this write-up would resonate to other people as well. Yes, and congrats on the publication. Thank I you mean, so much. Getting to, to find out about it just right before graduation is like a cherry on top. So yeah, what a great basically. feeling it must have been. Mm-hmm. Speaking of writing for young blood, did you always want to be a writer? And if so, how did you become the writer that you are today? It wasn't really my plan to write anything or like be a writer at all. Before, I wasn't really fond of writing, but when I entered graduate school... Most of my subjects require a research paper, and that's where I hone my research and writing skills. When I wrote this essay, I wasn't really sure if it was a good or bad because I'm not really good at creative writing. So I merely just put into words the feelings and the experiences that I felt during that time. And I could say that it really helped me to write better and produce a good essay. And it's interesting how you got into this whole writing arena when you got into graduate school too and yeah just see your paper on the giant news company of the country is a very big feat Mm -hmm. a lot of the writers there have been trying since they were like little kids and then here you are Mm -hmm. just fell in love with with writing in graduate school so yeah and i want to talk about your thesis because you mentioned it a lot in your essay Mm -hmm. that it gave you so much stress yeah kind of yeah, I gave you sleepless nights mm-hmm. and all the emotional worries. So I want to know what you wrote about. So in my program, we were asked to do an integrated marketing campaign for a certain brand. So the brand that I handled was an international co-working space. The brand that I was working on was very difficult compared to the others because the co-working industry is one of the industries that had been greatly affected by COVID-19. So a lot of people are already working remotely right now. So the need for co-working spaces are not that high anymore, right? 
Also, mm-hmm. I found out that people are adamant to go to co-working spaces because of safety issues. On the other hand, in the results of my survey, some people are actually dissatisfied with their current work setup because there are a lot of distractions, um, poor physical workspace, bad internet connection, and lack of social interaction. Um, as human beings, we are naturally social creatures. So in the long run, we are really going to pay for social interactions. And then working on this thesis had made me realize a lot of things like nothing worth having comes easy. I mentioned in my essay that I couldn't count how many times I had said, I don't want to do it anymore, right? But I also realized that I've come this far. These setbacks can stop me from achieving for my goals. And if anything, this should fuel my desire to get those three letters. It's also good that I have the support of my mother, who is my inspiration in everything that I do. So think about why you're doing it and who are you doing it for, talaga. Thanks for sharing that. And mm-hmm. I brought this up earlier mm-hmm. before I started talking about your essay. Mm-hmm. And I want to reiterate it again because you wrote in your essay that when you set your mind mm-hmm. on something, you do not stop until you achieve mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit more about this? Because I think this is a very strong statement mm-hmm. and a complete go-get mindset. It's something that I completely relate to as well in terms of setting goals and yeah. making strategies mm-hmm. to achieve them. But to some, this may seem like a negative trait because it can also mean that we are close-minded or single-minded mm-hmm. workaholics and or too hard on ourselves. Yeah, like I've mentioned, like one of my superpowers is like being objective and I don't really base my uh, decision when it comes to emotion. But I'm also I'm a person who's very go-getter. And I understand that for others, this may come off as a bit negative, right? But personally, I think this comes from me being independent and self-supporting, especially with my studies. If you're the one working and paying for your tuition, you would really appreciate the importance of education. So I didn't want to fail because that entails me needing more money to pay off my tuition. And I didn't want to ask help for my parents because it's my decision to pursue graduate studies, not theirs. Being a go-getter and having that grit to achieve what you want is good, in my opinion, because you are thinking big, you have clear goals, and you have an ambition. Just as long as you're not trampling on other people, you're doing it fairly, and your physical and mental health are at its prime, then you're good. So I guess we're good, Leah. (laughs) yeah i love that i love the go-getter mindset and it's interesting because there's this research that i've heard of Mm. given by angela something i forgot Mm -hmm. her family name Mm -hmm. but she gave this ted talk and she said that the number one predictor of success among students and i don't know if you've heard this talk Mm -hmm. is grit yeah and so they conducted this research not just for a year or two Mm -hmm. it went for decades yeah and it's interesting that you have that because you know, it just makes me optimistic for your future. And I can't wait to see you kick ass 10, 20 years from now. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. And I totally agree with that research. Grit is really important for us students and, of course, working professionals as well. And I want to know where do you credit this grit from? Did it dawn on you when you were in graduate school and you had to work and then <laughs> study? Or did it? happen even before that so were you always this gritty kid or did you just come to develop it at a later stage in life i think i've come to develop it at the later stage in life juggling both work and school definitely played a part in me being you know having like a lot of grit in life as well 
And of course, different experiences as well. You had your experience working remotely. Yeah. So how was it like on top of juggling it with Zoom University? And what advice do you have for people who may be going through the same thing? So in short, what advice do you have for those who are trying to be as gritty as you are in terms Mm -hmm. of achieving the best of both worlds in terms of studying and working at the same time? Right now, I work as a freelance social media manager. I only started doing freelancing during the pandemic. I think a lot of people, especially us millennials, are doing this right now, considering that everyone's working remotely and we are at a digital age. Juggling both work and school remotely was definitely not a walk in the park, especially that we were forced to adapt quickly. My advice would be you need to have good time management skills and you need to have discipline as well. I know that it's easier said than done, but trust me, you will need those. Because when you're working remotely or have online classes, the line between work and home will get thinner and thinner. Not to mention the numerous distractions that you may encounter every day, like your bed might look too inviting to squeeze in for a nap, or the new episode of your favorite series is just too good to pass. I mean, it's okay to do all those because we need it for our sanity. Just remember your priorities. And what about to our listeners who may have just gone through unemployment or are still looking for a job after months and months of searching? What message do you have for them? All the problems that you have right now won't be there forever. Those are just hurdles that you need to overcome. It's definitely part of growing up. So no matter how many rejections or no's that you will receive, there's always someone who would say yes to you and would believe in you. Oh, thank you for that. That's a very heartwarming message. <laughs> and it correlates again to another TED Talk I'm seeing. Oh, I'm just this sucker for TED Talks. <laughs> there's this thing called the 10% rule. All right. And basically what it says is that you have to keep doing something at least 10 times before you decide it's not worth pursuing anymore. So imagine getting rejected nine times yeah. or at the very least 10 times mm-hmm. before like giving up. That's yeah. like a lot, especially if that thing that you're targeting for just gives auditions or tryouts mm-hmm. once a year. Mm-hmm. So that's like a decade of complete pushing. And you know, that's, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you also get that mindset from like the TED talk or did you... Mm-hmm kind of develop it on your own after like self-reflecting or something like that um i totally agree but i think this is um this thing is kind of like really innate in me already i'm really the type of person who would you know really exhaust all the possibilities and all the options that i needed to take before i actually give up Mm -hmm. yeah I'd also like to share this very interesting TEDx talk. Please bear with me. It's called 100 Days of Rejection. All right. And it's very, very interesting because imagine asking people every single day for 100 days straight things that you know are going to get a no. Mm -hmm. But then surprisingly, people say yes. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting TEDx talk. It was given by um, an Asian-American guy. Who did this social experiment purely on his own just for fun not even for research for grad school or something mm-hmm. so it was such an interesting ride it's worth doing as well that's really awesome i think i should check that out on that talk on youtube yeah and going back to your essay you mentioned earlier that you were so happy when you found out that you got published and i felt like you worked so hard to get that byline out there 
So I want to know what advice you have for people who may be listening, who also want to get published on Young Blood, who may be late bloomers in terms of writing, just like you. To those of you who are planning to write for Young Blood, write something that is very close to your heart and something that is very relatable and relevant. And if it helps, read the other essays from the Young Blood archives and try to check the flow and the attack of other writers. And also, you can listen to podcasts like this to seek inspiration from people who were able to successfully publish their piece. Thank you so much. Ayan Plug, listen to the Young Blood podcast. We have yeah. new episodes every week and we have big surprises this year. I'm just so excited for what's to come. I hope you're in for the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to follow up um, about where you are right now because we know that you're currently self-employed, you're working as a freelance mm-hmm. social media manager. So I want to know, how is it being like you right now? So I'm currently in Bulacan right now. Basically, I do everything at home and I didn't really go out and risk like getting the... Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, because it's really hard. And there are variants right now. Yeah, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, but sometimes I do like, you know, a short trip to the grocery or like um, yeah, with your money to the yeah. ATM. <laughs> And that I think I'm I'm quite introvert but extrovert at the same time. Yeah. So I really, same, same. I, I really enjoyed staying at home and like pretty much doing nothing, um, <laughs> or like watching series like a lot of it. I mean, I have dogs as well, so they keep me company. So over the last couple of ten months. Because March was at the beginning of the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So two more months and it's going to be like a one-year anniversary I of <laughs> self-isolation. Yeah. I don't oh know God. what you've been doing to kind of keep yourself busy. Because mm-hmm. I know it can get crazy sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. So what did you discover about yourself or something like that? Well, if I'm busy, I'm really busy. Like I mentioned, I was juggling like a lot of things back then. Sometimes I take a few minutes or hours to collect and call myself because if I'm like working straight, like in front of my computer all the time, that would really take a toll on my mental health. So I think other people should do that as well. Like learn to chill out a bit. Even myself, I'm like super workaholic sometimes and I'm, I'm a go-getter. But I make, mm-hmm. I make it a point that I have like enough sleep. I have enough rest. I'm eating healthy food. Yeah, so you have to be your own Asian parent while also being your best friend. So I love the balance. So you yeah. also have to find that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we know you just talked about being a social media manager. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested now, what advice do you have for people trying to grow their social media following? You need to have a clear branding. It's really important to know your brand. Who are you targeting? Who is your target market? And... What is your story? Of course, you need to put out good and relatable content. And third, of course, you need to invest as well. If you want to grow your brand, you need to use different advertising tools like Facebook's Ads Manager. And of course, try to research as much as possible. There are loads of inspirations and different types of content online that you can actually use and repurpose. I'm just also interested. Any tips about blowing up? Because I know there are these kind of social media managers that really strategize a way mm-hmm. for at least one campaign to make it big, like really reach national headlines, maybe mm-hmm. even international. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Gigil. It's a yeah. mm-hmm. marketing yeah company, and 
they did this RC cola. Yeah. <laughs> advertisement, you know, with the head of the kid, <laughs> the RC cola. It's super weird, but it blew up. It was very interesting. So, do you have anything to sort of advise people like that? Because I am personally in that kind of mm. place where we're trying to grow young blood in order to reach more audience. Mm. So, um, yeah, it might also help others who might be interested in doing the same thing. That ad actually received like mixed emotions. Uh, I mean, mixed reactions. But I personally liked it because it's out of the box and it's very unusual. And I heard that the sales of RC Cola actually increased because of that. So I guess it's working. So for you to actually grow your brand, you really need to know your target market. Um, it's not good to just target everyone because in that you're just like, you know, trying to like get the word out, but then you're not really getting the community that you really want to build. Like, for instance, for Young Blood, probably like a lot of millennials are um, following this podcast. So it's not very ideal, I think, if you're going to target to baby boomers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And that's interesting because also going back to business books I've read, there's this thing called get your 100 true fans, like people mm-hmm. who love you yeah. instead of 1,000 people who like you. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's better to be loved by a few than to be liked by so many, but then they're not exactly going to go deep with you. So yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for affirming that yeah. kind of... It's not only yeah. apl- applicable on social media, right? But it's also mm-hmm. applicable in real life. It's better to have a few real friends rather than like a million fake ones or yeah. mediocre <laughs> level relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And that just kind of brings me into... My second to the last question, what are you passionate about? Like, if you could talk about something for the rest of your life, what's something that you would never get bored of talking about? It would probably be, like, my experiences in life. And in a way, I wanted to, like, really inspire other people to do the same. Despite of the hurdles and all the odds, I was able to push through with the pressure and was able to get my master's degree. And I self-supported my education. And so if you really want something, you can always find a way to to make it happen. And DLSU is one of the most, if not the most expensive graduate school yeah, in the country. Mm-hmm. So I, I can only imagine the amount of money I had to save up and pay yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Wow. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you could have just settled down for, I don't know, probably UP because, you know, the tuitions are subsidized. But then mm-hmm. you went for the best private university in the country. And that's just really a testament of how, you know, visionary you are. You And now we're on our last question. What's something that's making you super excited these days? I'm excited to do all the plans that I have been pushing back because of COVID-19. I'm excited to finally see and hug my friends and family without having to worry about contracting a virus. I'm excited for this pandemic to be over. Basically, I'm excited to what life has in store for me. And also... When this pandemic is over, I'm excited to catch up with you in person. Oh my gosh, yes, please. You know, it's always been my dream to meet all the people I've been talking to online ever since August. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's cool how to be able to connect so deep with strangers. Yeah, that's true. for them to open up like in-depth, like I had the best conversations for 
you know, the show. And I just really can't fathom how grateful I am to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so excited to meet you too and everyone else. Um, we're so grateful. And by the way, we are recruiting. I just want to plug that um, on this episode. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you so much, Leah. And guys, apply on Youngblood Podcast. Thank you so much. Kevin Galvez earned his Master's in Marketing Communications from the Ramon V. Del Rosario College of Business, De La Salle University, or DLSU. He previously worked for a creative hub or a co-working space in Makati as a digital channels lead. He now works as a freelance social media manager for international clients. This has been the Youngblood Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions as to which works to feature on our next episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or to DM us on Instagram. We're also on other social media platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter, so if you want, please go ahead and give us a follow. We appreciate each and every one of you. I'd also like to thank everyone who's been with us since day one. You guys are the real heroes behind this podcast. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Thank you very much. This has been Leah Angela Shoko. Thanks for listening. Until next time.